We're back with more Inside the Green Room on NBC Sports Philadelphia. We're ready for the first round of the playoffs, and my guy, Joel Embiid, is here for it. Let's do it. I want to go over your first half, uh, first regular season stats as a Philadelphia 76er, Danny. But before we do that, there was an appearance that was made in the last regular season game against the Orlando Magic, the big energy chain. For those yeah. who are not familiar, can you please inform them? Oh, man, it's, it's surprising to see Joel get it. You don't really see him um, in the postgame parties. That big energy chain comes from the weight room. It's usually the guy that comes into the weight room after the game or before the game could happen and brings the most energy into the postgame party where we have our lifts. And usually it's a lot of the younger guys, some vets. Uh, Joel usually lifts on his own, either at the facility or before the game. But we a lot of us sat out last game, so he got a chance to lift um, with some of the guys that sat out. And I guess he brought a lot of energy, man. And he, they gave him the chain, and he, he wore it out there on the court. So uh, congrats to him. I think it's his first win. But, you know, uh, I don't know if he'll win anymore after that one. But it was good to see him represent the, the weight room. And the guys were proudly – well, guys were proud of him, uh, of sporting. And I guess – how do you put it? I guess not sporting, but – Showcasing. Showcasing guys, the big energy chain. Guys are proud that he wore the chain proudly. And then he was representing the weight room in our team and our post-game party. So we really appreciate that and enjoyed that and seeing him on the, on the bench. Eventually he took it off because that chain is heavy as hell. And I'm sure his neck was, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy. So okay. So who, who's, wore, who's worn the big energy chain the most? Probably Isaiah Joe. Um, he's been in there quite a bit. You see him, he sports it the most. So when he does win it, he wears it to the games, after the games, wears it back home. Um, I think I've got maybe twice, I think, but I think Zay's might have got at least three or four times, but everybody, let's say everybody, a couple guys have gotten it once, a couple guys twice, but I think Isaiah Joe might have at least three or four times. Good for him. Good for him. We should have put, we should have put the big energy chain stats on your uh, season in review graphic that we're going to look at now. Uh, but yeah, while we should, so, while, <laughs> we should have for sure. Uh, while we're here, I uh, do want to commend you only player in the NBA this season with 175 three pointers and 90 steals. So shout out to that. As we look over this graphic, though, from this past season um, to the season where you with the Lakers compared to your career stats, what stands out to you the most? Um, when I'm looking at it, I think it's the attempts, maybe. I think the attempts is, is what stands out the most. And I think that's due to our pace. Um, I said in Toronto, we had great pace. And San Antonio had some good pace sometimes, too. Uh, I come to realize, and you start realizing more about yourself as you even in year twelve, um, where your strengths are, what you know, what you're capable of. Obviously, just the game slows down for you. Um, and obviously, you're younger, you think you're great at everything, but you know what? You're like, all right, I can really hone on this. I can work on this, get better at this. But I know this is my go-to, and this is how I thrive. When we have good pace and a lot of transition, I think I'm more of a transition shooter. Um, that's where I thrive. Um, it allows me to get more attempts and probably shoot more efficiently. So, um, when obviously Ben's in the game, he creates that 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 push and people have to draw a wall for him it allows us to get open transition threes which helps me a ton helps Seth a ton um so yeah he, him and the, the fact that Joel drawing double teams um and said us running up the floor it allowed us to get some open looks so uh, with those combinations I'm able to get higher attempts and and, and more in rhythm so uh, yeah it's pretty interesting the one thing that Ben also helps as well and obviously he helps create threes I think he leads the NBA in three-pointers created or assisted on um, he's also, and I've noticed this kind of ticked up a bit more. He's also offered you a lob threat when you get chased off the three point line or you end up in a DHO and you want to have an option when you're in the middle of the paint and you're looking for a float game or at least the threat of a lob. It kind of gives you a little bit more freedom. 
we're really seeing Ben do a lot more of that screening. It, it's another weapon that is, is hard to guard, man. When he's when he's doing that, when people are sagging off, he's able to set screens, also roll to the basket. He, he has so much versatility. It's hard to, to – people think it's easy to guard him, but it's really hard to guard him, especially when he said he's such a selfish person. He's obviously creating transition, getting at the rim, but finding guys and setting screens for guys rolling to the rim. And with shooters, you have to go over the top. So you have to make a decision. With him, you might get a pocket pass, a layup, or a lob, or you get a layup because for the, the shooter coming off. Um, it's hard to guard both, and that action has opened up a lot of stuff for us. And he's a great passer, so you hit him in the pocket, he's a great quarterback when he does catch it in the paint. If he has a pick and roll and he can find that corner guy, uh, which we don't have many of those um, on our team. But, uh, you know, Joel does it sometimes, Dwight can do it sometimes, but, you know, Ben is strong point as obviously quarterback. And so when he's able to set screens and be the, the pick of the, the Draymond area, get the roll and find guys, it's very dangerous. Not only can he be Draymond, but he also can be Ben and finish at the rim and catch lobs. Before we go to break and we talk about the first round and just your impressions of what might happen uh, throughout the entirety of the playoffs, I do want to point out something that I thought was interesting. Uh, the minutes per game. I think this is the second most minutes you've played per game at 28. Uh, I know you're feeling good. You guys get a wealthy break uh, before this playoff game or this first playoff game. Um, when you saw, when you see 28, did anything mm -hmm. about that? Did it catch you off guard? Did you knew? Did you know that you were playing so many minutes this year? Obviously, in the condensed season. I actually thought it was higher. The, the, the games that we had, uh, when I had to play like 50 minutes, but um, obviously there's some games where we won and got some rest. Uh, but yeah, it is surprising that I was able to do that um, with how my body was last year. Uh, but the bounce back and how refreshed I feel, I had some people, some obviously some good trainers, medical staff, and some doctors in place to help you know keep my body refreshed. And I feel pretty good at doing it. Um, but also just conditioning your body to do that. Um, you know, I think last year we had so many, not saying that we don't have a deep team this year. We have so many threats last year and so many guys that Frank put in rotation. Um, we didn't need guys to play 28 minutes. Um, we had some guys, also people hurt here and there, but we had we had 12 deep, maybe 14 deep guys that, that can play rotation. So the only guys they need to play was 22, 25 minutes. Um, this year, you know, when we're in a tight game, most of us are gonna play 30 plus minutes. I mean, we're starting five and that's most teams. I'm um, not saying that we are we aren't deep, but it'd be interesting to see how we do our rotations playoff wise. We do have some good talent coming off the bench, uh, but I'm sure I'm expecting Doc's probably going to play most of our starting five 30 minutes a game. So, um, yeah, 28 was surprising. Uh, 28 surprised me that I got through it and did it healthfully and and only missed a couple games. But um, you know, I feel pretty good about it, and you know, I'm happy about it. I'm not complaining at all. Hopefully, playoffs. I'm in condition enough to play 28 plus, uh, you know, because we're going to need those those minutes and extra innings. Tyrese Maxey feels like somewhat of a wild card here for this playoff run. There's been levels that you can see that he's going up during this regular season, and he does provide a, a speed, a burst with the ball that's not really on the roster, at least at his point guard size position. What are your is your evaluation of what you've seen and what he could do in the playoff series? Oh, like I said, we, I think every team has one of those, one or two of those wild cards, X factors that can come off the bench and can give you a boost. And also it depends on the matchup. You know, some some matchups we might have Mike Scott that's going to give us a boost. Um, some matchups we're going to have Matisse or Furkan give us a boost. Uh, but Reese is that guy that they may not expect to play, but if we need him to play, he'll be ready because uh, he can score the ball and he, he pushes the ball at a great pace and can attack the rim. Um, so that gives us another scoring option, but also another guard that can get to the paint and create. Uh, so he's done nothing but grown since the beginning since i've watched him and done an amazing job of scoring the ball but also learning the offense you know being taking constructive criticism and, and be able to facilitate at the same time so 
I'm interested to see how Doc uses him, and I know he'll give us a plus. And said he's still growing and learning, but I know he's a guy that we can count on. He will be fearless regardless of the situation, come out and play his type of game and hoop uh, when we need him uh, in the playoffs. I know your first answer is going to be health. I'm just looking back at your last two playoff runs with the Raptors when you guys beat the Warriors, and I'm looking back to last year when you guys played uh, when you were with the Lakers. Uh, health always matters when it comes down to the playoffs. Outside of that, though, finish this sentence for me. The 76ers win a championship if? If we build the momentum. You know, we, we, we have to continue. We have the tools. We have the talent. We have the coaching. Um, if we use our brains, our smarts, our, you know, togetherness and come together, uh, you know, and build that momentum. Because obviously during the end of the season, we didn't have the toughest schedule. We had a couple tough games where we could have, you know, used as a playoff type atmosphere and try to challenge it. But we didn't take advantage of those games. We didn't have 100% health, like you said. Uh, guys were in and out. But, you know, everybody's going to have to play. There is no I'm sick. There is no, you know, I uh, have a little bumps and bruises and, and guys resting. Everybody's got to play through everything. And we got to be together. And, and hopefully, you know, step up to the challenge and play the type of basketball we need to. Um, and, you know, obviously the teams that we're playing, it'll be a lot better than we played during the regular season. So there's no playing down to your competition. But those games, I felt a lot of them didn't help prepare us for this first round. But the first round, we can continue to win games and build momentum. That'll help us into the second round and, and you know, so on and so forth. The second round will help us to the third round. If we build momentum and get back to our style of play, playing the way we know we can play, I don't think there's a team out there that can beat us. Speaking of momentum, I was absolutely, absolutely ecstatic when I heard the news that Wells Fargo Center will be at 50% capacity uh, for the playoffs until June 11th when it goes to 100% capacity. And you know, like I've been dying to get back in an arena for a playoff game, especially one that's not uh, tied down with all this COVID restrictions. This vaccinated media journalist is going to be very much excited. And I know you are the same to get it really live and popping uh, in Wells Fargo Center. Everybody is, man. All the fans have been dying to get back into arenas. They're not the only one. Um, even our young guys, they're excited to experience the fans. They've never got a chance to experience, even some of them barely chance to experience in college, maybe a, a quarter of the season or half the season. Uh, so they've been their whole pro careers and half of the second half of their college season without fans. Uh, so they're looking forward to it. Our fans looking forward to it. And it's just in time. It seems like when it's starting to get to the nitty gritty that we'll have, you know, full 100% capacity in June. Hopefully it's a to take care of business, do what we're supposed to do by June. We'll have home court advantage and have our full capacity of fans, hopefully yelling and booing and screaming at other teams and giving us that advantage that we need and, you know, help us win some games. But everybody's excited. Everybody's looking forward to it. And it'll be a great experience for me to have a full-on fully, Philly experience and for the playoffs on, the, on this side of the spectrum. Inside the Green Room is on social media. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Inside Green Room and on Twitter at Green Room Inside. Now back to the show. Stick around, you're going to want to hear who Joel Embiid wants to ring the bell in a packed-out Wells Fargo Center. It's inside the green room, that's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Joel, it's a pleasure to have you on, even though I must say I'm a tad bit disappointed. I thought you would have came through with the big energy chain. <laughs> I left it on the drift. Uh, you know, I think I earned it. Uh, <laughs> so, he's uh, in my locker room. That thing is heavy, even though he was pretty much only me and him in the weight room. So he pretty much just outbeat me in the weight room for the big energy chain. <laughs> so it wasn't like a lot of people he had to beat. But yeah, that thing is heavy, man. I wouldn't carry that thing home either. It is. I tried to I tried to do it for a whole half and it was a, it was a little too much. <laughs> 
Well, we won't talk about MVP voting just yet or at all this episode. I don't know Harrison wants to talk about it, but we will talk about this season and your expectations. I know you expected to come in dominating, man. Was there anything that surprised you this year that happened or didn't happen that you was expecting to happen? I uh, mean, when you got to compare uh, this year and last year, obviously, um, we had a, a lot of expectations last year and uh, nothing happened. Uh, the way the team was built uh, didn't make it easy either. Uh, so uh, this year, we just feel like, uh, you know, everything fits. Uh, you know, we added Danny, added step. Uh, you know, Tobias took another step. Uh, you know, Ben became an even better defensive force. Uh, we got a great bench. Uh, and we got a, we got a, most importantly, we got a bunch of good guys. Uh, you know, I love being around everybody. And uh, that's one thing about last year. Last year, I just felt like, you know, I came into the gym and I didn't want to be there. Like, that's how I was miserable last year. Like, he, uh, the feeling that I get this year is just, you know, it's fun to be around. Uh, it's fun to go out there and compete every single night. And we have a decent coaching staff, too, that, that was added. This oh, year, yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> Can't forget those guys. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to reference the time that Doc Rivers was on the show, and, and we asked him, what was the most pivotal moment of the season so far? Oh, man, there's a lot of little moments uh, so far. Uh, I even think we're having one right now after coming yeah. off four losses. Uh, and, you know, Ben being away, uh, Ben coming back to the team and everybody embracing him, uh, I think will be, when we look back on this year, will be a big turning point uh, for this season for sure. Uh, and then as crazy as it sounds, I thought training camp was very important for this group uh, um, because, you know, we had a group of guys that really hadn't worked. They, they hadn't gone, you know, I think Joel, I think the second day, someone told me that's the first time that he's gone back-to-back practices when I was sitting out. So, you know, and and so um, Joel puts the work in, uh, and he's put the work in this year. And so has Ben, and so has Danny. And, you know, so I think there's a lot of moments. But I would say right now we're going through one. Not exactly sure. Uh, mm. I feel like we've had a lot of great moments. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've competed. Uh, you know, we've enjoyed playing with each other. Uh, I think uh, I really believe that it's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point. But at this point of the season, you know, I just feel like, you know, we just, everybody has been doing a job. Uh, you know, every single day we come in there, you know, we want to win games and, uh, you know, we don't want to mess around. So I, I really do believe that it is going to happen soon and in the playoffs. Yeah, I think there was a couple of favorite moments, and I'll reiterate them. I think there was one that Doc discussed when he hit the three-point against Utah was one. Early in the yeah. season, Tobias's yeah. game winner yeah. against Lakers, Lakers was one. Lakers and obviously us building some, you know, depth while he was out for that month yeah. being hurt. Um, and also said us bouncing back after having – the four-game losing streak um, when he was hurt, Ben was out. We came back, and I think we won eight or nine straight or something like that before the season it's closed. True. So we, we had a couple pivotal moments that were important, man, and I think that will yeah. build for our chemistry in the playoffs moving forward. Referencing the, the chemistry being built going off into the playoffs, Danny, I heard your quote uh, the other day when you, you referenced guys were going at it in practice and uh, you believe in the potential of the team. 
Uh, Joel, what's been the most encouraging part of the most recent practices that you guys have had? Because frankly, you really haven't been able to practice this season. What's been the most encouraging thing that you've seen so far as you're leading into this first round matchup? Everybody's focused. Uh, you know, everybody's in the gym early, uh, getting their walk in. And, you know, and as far as practice goes, you know, we're competing against each other. We're going hard every single possession, whether it's you know, offensively and defensively, uh, and trying to get right for the playoffs and, you know, try to be in sync uh, and try to make sure that, you know, everybody's in the right places and uh, so we don't have to think about it when we actually get to that stage. Uh, so I think just, you know, just competing every single day, uh, especially those last few practices, has been huge. So the first round matchup is set up between you guys and the Washington Wizards. Uh, as you've watched the film, as you've watched Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal over the year, Joel, what are your impressions going into this first round? Um, my first impression is that uh, he's going to be up and down. Uh, they like to run a lot. Uh, they like to get out in transition. And that's something that, you know, we struggle all year, uh, but we got better. Um, but I, I believe that in the playoffs, everything changes. Uh, the way the game is played, it slows down. Uh, but, you know, they got they got two monsters. Uh, you know, Brad, obviously, uh, you know, second in the league in scoring. And Westbrook, after All-Star break, he just turned into, I don't know, something else. He's been a monster ever since. So, And they got pretty good players around too. You know, that big man has been, They've been killing it. Uh, so it's going to be a huge matchup for us, and I think we're going to be ready. Yeah, you know, we've had uh, some, I'm going to say bad history, but we haven't had good history with Brad against us. Brad has had some career nights against us, and obviously yeah. Russ is 16. extremely hot right now. And, so, and they have some depth, so they like to push the pace. I think they were number one in, in offense um, at one point in the league or at pushing the pace. So we know that transition is our weakness. We have to get back. Like he said, playoffs, the game slows down, but we have to slow the game down. So them offensively, obviously we want to push the pace for us, but for them, we got to slow it down. But it's going to be that's a tough matchup, my, man. There's no easy job. game in the playoffs. Yeah. It's my job to slow it down. Punch <laughs> five. <laughs> Post yeah. five right there. Punch five. Before we can truly turn the page on the season and get you guys ready for the playoffs or get the fan base ready for the playoffs, I got to know. Joel, tell me first. How did you guys squash the beef, quote unquote, from 2019? Oh, man, I still, I still <laughs> think about it uh, to this day. Just uh, to watch it, uh, you know, a lot of times. I still watch that game seven a lot uh, and the whole series in general, but mainly the game seven because, uh, you know, we had a great team back then uh, and it's disappointing that, <clears throat> we couldn't make it happen. Um, I, I do believe that we didn't have enough time. We only had half a season, uh, you know, to really get to know each other. And I don't think it was enough. Um, but that whole series and obviously the shot Kawhi hit, uh, that was uh, that was tough to go through. Yeah, we talked about it quite a bit, and um, everybody in the re- everybody around the organization is like, "Man, you guys took our ring." That that was a, and it's one of those shots. It's one of those series that forever haunt you because it's, yeah. it's forever replayed just like Ray Allen shot we, as much as you try to forget it or th- not think about it they're going to bring up the top 10 clutch shots in the playoffs 
Respect, Why respect anyone it for me because um I was right there, <laughs> like I was contesting the shot. Like he's like he doesn't make sense without many bounces, and <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes the basketball guys are on your side, but that shot is forever replayed, and you're always gonna see it, and it's always gonna sting a little bit. But the only way for me to get hash out the beef is to help him win one this year. So we got to get it done this year, so we can forget about the 2019 playoffs. For sure. Speaking of 2019 finals, offseason playoffs, um, this past offseason, I got a chance to be lucky enough to win another one. Uh, I know you guys are making movement, obviously, with coaching staff coming in, new office, front office coming in. Did anybody consult with you of who you guys wanted to bring in? And did they mention anything? Or did you have any feeling that they were trying to recruit me or get me to come through in free agency? Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, as we went through last year, uh, when we had a bunch of great players, um, but you know, the spacing uh, just wasn't enough. Uh, we didn't shoot enough threes. Uh, we didn't make enough. Uh, so it was, uh, so as soon as, you know, these guys came in, you know, Dell, uh, you know, coach, uh, you know, that kind of wanted to understand what went, what didn't go right. And uh, we talked about it. And, you know, my main thing was just the spacing. Uh, all I need is, I just need three-point shooters. I don't care who it is. Like, I will make anybody on defense look good uh, just because, you know, I control the paint. So, and you know, the numbers, I've always shown it that no matter who I'm with on the floor, the defense is always good. So that's what I basically told them. I was like, I just, I just need some shooting. Uh, so they went ahead and um, they did their scouting and, uh, the idea of, you know, Danny actually coming to us uh, actually uh, came up to me uh, when, you know, they were trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to get more shooters. And um, that's when we sent out to, you know, uh, OKC. And uh, Danny was sent there for uh, Dennis, I think. And yeah. we ended up getting them. So, yeah, I was kind of like in a loop and I just told them, yeah, this is what I think we need to succeed. I saw Draymond this summer and I told him that I was going to kick his Marcus Smart just told me that I flail a lot. Come on. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he knows himself and he knows his game too. So Joel, if you can go back to telling us where your confidence, your boldness comes from, who did you watch growing up? Who taught you? And you know, how do you, what makes you bring that mindset to the game every night? Uh, and being that bold about it, to tell people to their face, you, you can't guard me. Because I'm trying to learn how to get that in my game. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you just get that confidence, um, you know, as you learn the game and as you keep playing. For me, uh, obviously, uh, the story is, is all over the place. You know, I started playing basketball so late in my life. You know, I was 16 years old and, uh, you know, I had no idea. And that's also when I moved to uh, the U.S. Uh, and, you know, even then, like, I, I just didn't believe that I could ever make it to the league. Uh, and I just happened to make it to the league and obviously missing my first two years uh, because of injuries and stuff. Um, but as soon as I stepped on the floor for that third year, uh, you know, I just felt like I belonged, uh, you know. From the get-go, I was dominating. Uh, and then that's when I've never had any confidence in my game because even to this day, I'm still learning 
really how to play basketball. And I feel like I'm not even close to my potential uh, to where I can, I can really get. Uh, so, you know, just keep learning how to play uh, the game of basketball. And as you keep playing, and as I got to the league and I just kept playing as the game goes, uh, you start to figure out that even the best defenders in the league can guard you. For example, we play, I mean, Rudy Gobert, you know, two times defensive mm. player of the year. He has a chance to be, to win another one, a third one. Um, but then again, this year, you mentioned the big shot uh, against Utah, um, you know, the time three uh, to send us to overtime. Again, you have 40. So it's almost like, well, you play against the best defensive player, as they say, because he's won defensive player of the year uh, twice and maybe a third time. And like, he, he just looked easy. So you just get that confidence every single time you go against somebody, especially of that caliber. And you just like, well, it's kind of it's kind of easy. And and I mean, Danny plays with me. Like every single possession is like, if they don't double or triple, I mean, it's a bucket on fire. So, um, you know, that's a lot of respect, uh, which I enjoy a lot too. And you gotta just take it in and, you know, I love, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I love playing basketball. And, you know, when you're on the court dominating goal, man, it makes you feel good too. Joel, I'm trying to get Danny like you. He should just go around three rings, three <laughs> rings, three rings. Don't tell yeah. me nothing, three I'm rings. I'm trying to get him on that bowl tip. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I can't be talking crazy to people like that, man. But I said, he makes it look easy. It's not easy, but he makes it look easy. And it's, it's amazing. So that, so that I play with Pascal that you guys started so late and grown so, so far. And, and been such great players that I can't imagine a couple more years where you could be. But um, yeah, man, that confidence is, is what we need, is what a lot, it can rub off on a lot of people and hopefully rubs off on me going into this playoffs. We all need to come in with that mindset and attack people and let people know we're here. We're not playing any games. talk about your upbringing a little bit and what it means to you um, to see the NBA Africa programs coming back. How excited are you to, to get back involved into it once the world opens up again? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really exciting uh, because, you know, looking at me, um, you know, there's a bunch of guys that have made it. Uh, you know, we have a lot of potential in, you know, in Africa in general, um, but we just don't have you know, the white coaches, the white people to teach us how to play basketball. Uh, we don't have the infrastructures. Uh, you know, there's, we don't have a lot of gyms. Um, if any, everything is outdoors. So, uh, so it's tough. But for the NBA to, you know, just make it happen and go back and, you know, start the league, uh, I think it, it's going to help a lot. It's going to help the whole continent. And, really excited because, you know, that's something that I care about a lot. And, you know, um, as I got to the NBA for my first year, you know, I, I kind of made that promise to myself that, you know, every single year I want to go back and help, you know, go to game of basketball, help the kids over there. Just like Luke Mamute helped me uh, get to this point. So, um, yeah, I think it's huge uh, what the NBA uh, did. And, you know, I'm excited to kind of, you know, uh, once COVID is clear, uh, to kind of get back in the mix. 
so I know it at first you didn't start playing basketball and with the NBA Africa program and basketball beyond borders really kicking up again. Um, more kids in Africa will start to play basketball, maybe at, at an earlier age. I'm curious the, the conversation with you that you had with your dad, because at first, from my understanding, he didn't allow you, didn't want you to play yeah. basketball. What was, you know, you, you made your final plea, you know, your final statement. What was the one that made him say, all right, you could do this. What was the one? It wasn't really me. It was my uncle. Uh, you know, that I had to, you know, talk to him, you know, for right before, I mean, I was 16 when I started, but I would say for the previous two or three years, uh, you know, I, tr I try to, you know, make him understand that, oh, it's okay, maybe I should try it. But I think his reasoning was that he used to think that it was uh, too physical which is mm. funny because I, now I like the physicality. I like to go at people and I like to push people and, you know, throw them all over the place. Uh, so uh, that, so that, was, that was funny now looking back. Um, but, you know, when I started, uh, right before he finally let me have that chance to start, um, you know, it was uh, my uncle that, was, that just kept getting on him and telling them that uh, he should probably let me play. That's wonderful. And then also, I wonder, maybe your dad eventually let you play basketball, but I, I have to imagine that some of his uh, renowned handball skills has helped you, on, at least on the defensive end. Well, I played, uh, I played other sports, uh, whether it's, you know, basketball, volleyball, soccer, tennis, uh, I did judo, back, uh, karate. Back judo. <laughs> Did you get any belts, uh, man? You, black belt, orange, orange belt? I mean, I was beginning. I was in the early <laughs> stages. Nothing went anywhere. So, but handball, I did. I did everything. Just like my dad. He played every every single sport that you can think of. Uh, our whole family was a bunch of athletes. Uh, so, um, I think soccer or world football is the, is the sport. Uh, that helped me a lot. Uh, you know, if, you know, I, I just had a kid and, you know, if there's a sport that I wanted, I want him to be, if he plays sports, I want him to be a soccer player. I don't want him to be a basketball player, but if he happens to want to be a basketball player also, uh, then, you know, soccer is probably the sport to, you know, go with. But you just got to be with your kids or with kids in general, you just got to be diverse. You just got to let them do everything and then they just decide whatever they want to do. Soccer's where it's at, man. It's where the big bucks are. And it's, you know, it's universal. Yeah, it's all around sure. the world. Biggest, biggest sport in the world, right, right Harry? Well, yes, indeed. Fault. Yes, indeed. Danny, want to get that last one? I, that yeah. was kind of a good end. Or we could, we could still throw it in, though. Mm -hmm. um, I was, as we were talking about your upbringing, man, um, obviously all the sports that your dad taught you, made you play. Um, speaking on that, how does that help you or has that made you want to, you know, make charitable donations in Philly, your upbringing? How's that influenced you to try to give back to the community in Philadelphia? Oh, it's huge um, because, you know, growing up in Cameroon or in Africa in general, uh, you know, you see a lot of struggle uh, and it's a lot of poor people. Uh, so my goal as I got to the NBA was, you know, to use, um, what God has blessed me with uh, to be able to go back and, you know, help, you know, people in need. 
Uh, so I've been doing that for a while in Cameroon. And, and obviously, uh, you know, recently I started getting more involved, uh, you know, in my community where I live in Philadelphia. Uh, and not just, not just a part of me that, uh, you know, uh, I've always been like that. Uh, you know, that's how I was raised. Uh, that's how my parents raised. Uh, and, you know, I have the impact that I can have on someone, especially just using my name is you. So uh, whenever I can use it uh, to help someone, I will always do it. Awesome, man. It's bigger than basketball, man. It's always about giving back, especially to our communities where we come from, uh, especially to the less fortunate. So commend you on it, man. Keep it going. Love you for it, man. And the city of yes, Philadelphia loves you for it. back with more inside the green room we're about to go home make sure you check our next episode we'll have a second part of this interview with joel and beat as hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood they're going into the second round uh joel i recently read uh that espn feature article about you and drew hanlon your trainer uh referenced you as cheap and obviously mm. your, your salary is public information so i don't we're not gonna <laughs> i'm not counting your, i'm not counting your pockets but i am wondering joel if he if his comment was true I wonder the first purchase you made as an NBA player where you said to yourself, man, I can't believe I spent this much money on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Just like you said, I am cheap. I don't like to spend money. Uh, so unless I have to, like I, I don't want to, I don't like to waste money. So, uh, I mean, when it was talking about that time, I used to leave, you know, an apartment where, it was literally empty. I only had a bed and I had a couch that was from, you know, from a close family member that probably cost $500. So the living room was big and there was just this small couch in the living room, no table and a TV. Uh, I lived like that for like a year or two and I didn't mind because I'm easy going. Like I just, I just chill. Like I don't like to do anything. I just like to stay home and play video games. Was what was so, what was the purchase that where you spent some bank? Because I, I imagine at some point you did on something. Were you still were like, I can't believe I did this? I honestly have no idea. Uh, I mean, I don't own a, I don't have a car. Um, probably, I would say probably uh, my my place is where I live. Like where I live nowadays is like, well, I, I like to live in, you know, nice and good environment. Uh, so that's probably. Uh, you, you like to be yeah, home. So you made it very places. comfortable. He doesn't like to leave yeah, the hotel. Places, he like to yeah. leave home. So yeah. there's no vice. You don't like, you know, cars, watches, jewelry, I have clothes. No, cars, no watches. What else is out there? Cigars, anything that, golf I've clubs. A bunch play. of video game consoles. You got a bunch of video, you had to get like. PS5. He's got the platinum. He's got the PS6. Nobody even knows his stuff. That's, 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 that's got to be. He's got to have yeah, a set of like 18 TVs everywhere with the headset. You know? Man, this is, and then, but this is really the first year that I, I spent something because, and it's rewarding because, you know, this with the season that I had, 
you know, I had to also make a lot of sacrifices, you know, having a chef, um, you know, making sure the environment I'm, I'm in is, is always clean, um, you know, having a, my own physical therapist, massage therapist and all that. So, you know, that's the year, this is the year that I really went all in. So, and yeah. you and then thankfully you you guys have been rewarded for you going all and getting that number one seed and as a franchise as an organization you guys will be rewarded uh, for I guess United States Philadelphia cooperation when it comes to the vaccine and COVID nineteen hundred uh, percent capacity is on the way to Wells Fargo Center at some point I think June eleventh is the day uh, for somebody who's going into Wells Fargo Center at uh, this time covering the team. Uh, can you describe what a packed Wells Fargo Center is like during a playoff game, Joel? Man, uh, something that I've never seen. Um, you know, home court advantage is so, and was so important for us uh, because, uh, you know, the, I think since I've been in the league and we've won at least 75 or 80% of the games that I played, and you know, over the past two years, I, I think that number is at about ninety percent. So, you know, when I play at home, I play better. The team plays better, and we always win because the fans they're so into the game and they know everything about the game. Like even if they have to boo you, they're gonna boo you just to make sure that you know that you need to do better. And that's what I like about you know Philadelphia fans. Yeah, they always been. They have been a home team, and this year we've been good at home too. And mind you, that series that we in Toronto might have they had home court advantage. It might have been oh, a different no, series. We would have we would have won that it's series. It's a very tough place to play. So I can't imagine. I'm yeah. looking forward to how it is when we have full fan, more fans in the arena. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joel, some fans have wondered uh, if you've talked. Obviously, your nickname, one of them at least, is the process. Some fans have even started to say when Wells Fargo gets packed out and everybody's having fun, uh, that they want Sam Hinkie to ring the bell. Have you potentially discussed said things with 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 Sam Hinkie? Have you thought about that moment? What it could be to, I guess, fulfill the process? Have you thought about I that? Haven't, but I thought uh, I think it would be a great idea. It deserves it. Um, I really believe that we would not be in this situation uh, if it wasn't for his efforts. Uh, you know, drafting me, uh, and then the following year we ended up drafting Ben. Uh, and then, um, you know, he was, uh, and he's really smart. Uh, so I really do believe that if he had the opportunity to, you know, build the team with his vision and the way he wanted to, uh, maybe we could have been in a different position. We could have been better by now. Um, but, you know, I know for sure we would have been uh, a great team. So, yeah, I, I like the idea. I think you've been quoted as saying that part of the motivation for you this year was your son, Arthur. Um, so I think it would only be right that maybe Arthur gets a chance nah. at some point when he gets the motor skills to, nah, nah, <laughs> to ring the nah, bell. Not nah, nah, with COVID. In a couple of years. When he's, in a couple he's years. Still, still young, so yeah, he's able to get the crazy. motor skills. He's able to swing. That hammer's heavy. It's not light. So when he's able to swing that hammer... Couple of years, we'll have them out there. Yeah. Well, you, well, it's, it's not a world. It, well, it's a virtual world, so maybe we just zoom them in. Get a bell in the house. <laughs> there you, there go. you go. <laughs> you, you uh, go Joel, we, 
he goes to sleep before the game starts. So I don't know if his mom is she, if she's gonna allow him to go to sleep later just to ring the bell. There we go. Hopefully, hopefully he gets old enough. He can stay up a little an hour later past the bedtime. Yeah. Joel, yeah. we appreciate your time, Dan. You wanna you wanna take us home? Read, rate, subscribe, review, man. Appreciate you, big dog. Much love always, man. Harry, a lot of fun. Let's do it again soon. I'll see you in, I'll see you in Philly soon. <laughs>